Welcome to Laughter, Dirt and Education, a podcast recognising and celebrating our rural and remote educators. From teachers, principals, teacher aides and gubbies, they share their real and inspiring stories of educating our bush kids. Come along each week for the often crazy and inspiring stories of education and see why these amazing educators do what they do. Hi everyone, welcome to episode 25. Can't believe we are this far. I hope you're all having a wonderful term one so far. I know it is quickly coming to an end, which seems absolutely crazy. Anyway, this week I have had the pleasure of interviewing Demi Grace, who after nannying in Melbourne for a few years, decided to make a massive jump and head to the Northern Territory. I loved our chat. I love that Demi is very honest with her experiences, but she also shines light on all the positives that have kept her coming back each year into education. I hope you enjoy her story as much as I enjoyed interviewing her. Demi, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for jumping on this morning. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? So I am originally from the a border town of New South Wales in Victoria. So especially in times of COVID, that's been an interesting thing to admit. But yes, <laughs> I'm a Victorian originally. It's a small town called Robinvale. So it is all, it, even though it's, you know, rural and very remote, it is all table grapes. So Mm-hmm. Further out, there's wheat and cropping and, and sheep stations, but um, it's table grape. Our main uh, producing is table grapes and then now almonds. So I, I grew up a country kid, but not not on stations as mm-hmm. such. <laughs> Did you grow up in town? No. So I grew up out of town. My mum's a nurse and my dad's a refrigeration mechanic, so he mm-hmm. worked on all of the cool rooms and such um so we lived about 10 minutes out of town and I mean it wasn't that far out though I'd still took school bus to school and and everything like that so I there was like 30 kids in my year 12 so I come from a Mm -hmm. little school but not on the scale of small you know where I've ended up working and living so yeah Yeah. so we'll go into a little bit about that in a moment but obviously I know you're really far away from home now how did that happen was that something you wanted to do like did you move straight away Uh, from year 12 like what did it look like once you finished school okay well I knew that I was always going to leave my hometown. I knew that I I wasn't going to stay. I left when I was 18 and I moved to Melbourne. I um, lived in Melbourne for about, I want to say like five years. Oh, wow. And honestly, I loved it. Um, Everyone thinks that that's super crazy, but I actually worked. I lived in Melbourne. I was going to go to uni. Um, My mum's a nurse and I was going to be a nurse and hopefully a midwife. I while I was studying, I started nannying for several families in Melbourne and absolutely loved it. And that continued on my uni studies. It just could not get in the right headspace to continue that. I I, I wish that I had, but um, just didn't happen for me. And yes, yeah. yeah, so 
I was I was living in Hawthorne, which is sort of at eight k's from the CBD. It's quite in a city, and I would walk to work every day. And I yeah, I was a nanny, and I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Uh, the people that I was working for the last two years, she she's an incredible incredible mother. Unfortunately. She was not able to have another baby and he was going off to school. Um, so I didn't need a full-time nanny anymore. And my auntie actually posted a job on – she shared a job for a friend on Facebook about a governess in New South Wales. And I was like, oh, I could I could do that. I could go be a governess. And then um, I went through the process of like – you know, looking on ads, posting on Facebook. I wasn't sure if my qualifications were going to be appealing to anyone at all, but apparently they were because I got absolutely inundated. And I did get down to the final two with a job with a lovely lady with three boys in Queensland. And she was like, look, I've had a qualified teacher apply, so I am going to go with her because, you know, she has the qualifications, but I did want to ring you and say, please keep applying. We need more people like you that are going to be willing to go bush and go be a governess. And if it wasn't for her, I'd, I'm not sure that I would have kept going because I sort mm. of had built myself up to like, okay, I can do this this job sort of a thing. And it all happened quite quickly. So I went from living in, in Hawthorne in, in Melbourne and then I was on a plane to the Territory in about two weeks. Wow. So with a job um just outside of Catherine so yeah it it was a bit crazy and so I was there and I loved KSA I think especially being my first governess job Catherine School of there were absolutely amazing they always have govies it's really orientated even though they have um some kids that are traveling around and some kids that are maybe medically required to do school of there it is about station kids and bush kids and I really I love that whole system I think they're really yeah. really great um I've made lifelong governess friends and and mum friends from from there so you obviously like that's a pretty big decision like Melbourne obviously like you know that rural life so I guess that probably wasn't a shock but I've said it to a lot of people before like the Northern Territory is completely different to east coast rural remote I personally think and yeah the station you were on there like how far away were you from like the closest town maybe Catherine maybe um yeah tell us a little bit about that and I guess what grades did you teach up there so I ended up about 120 k southwest of Catherine and it was a station it was a company station um, it was the manager's first year on that station as well. So I think there was a lot of changes um, yeah. going on. It was the, being a nanny, it's a very individual job. You don't have co-workers as such and yes. governesses don't as such as well. But I got to have, you know, the camp and, and a cook and other people around, which is really good. I had a six-year-old, no, five-year-old four-year-old and a three-month-old that I was helping with and it was really awesome I did absolutely love it I think the young that I'd purposely chosen a family with a younger grade so that we could kind of learn together what we were 
what we were doing. Catherine, as I said, was super, super supportive. And yeah, that was, it was really, it was really good experience. Yeah. I'm really glad you mentioned like not having co-workers because I felt like that in the past that like it's such a unique job in the fact that yes, like you will talk to other gubbies and stuff on different properties, but once you're, I guess, governessing, I don't, I can't compare it to nannying because I haven't done it. But like when you're in that schoolroom, you are very far removed from everything else that's going on on the station. And I think sometimes that can be isolating in a way. Like, yes, you can talk to other gubbies, like I said, but you're the only govy nanny on that property. So it is a bit like, I think it takes, it's something else to think about like when you take a job because it's not like, yeah, you get to um, talk to the other workers after work, but they still, they're not doing the same job as you. Mm. Yeah, and I think there can be positives and negatives into that. Like I don't want to go too into the negative, but you do get station workers that think, well, you sit in the aircon all day. Why are you tired? Um, Yeah. And the, I always talk about with other gubbies and even with other nannies and stuff, you actually don't get to have your own emotions as such mm. because you you are role modelling behaviour for the kids, even if you are teaching them or nannying. You're role modelling behaviour and if they – you might be really annoyed about something all day, but it is not your place to put that on the kids and you have to just suck it up and if they say sorry and then they've thought about it and it's a meaningful sorry you just have to snap back into being like okay let's go do this Mm. it's fine and I think the mental drain that that, sorry the emotional drain that that can have on you is something that I don't think that other workers mums can for sure uh because it's their kids but yeah other workers don't understand that I've definitely had um, first year ringers be like well how much are you getting paid a day and you sit in the aircon all day and I'm like yeah because I chose that job you can go choose an aircon job if you want (laughs) yeah no I'm really really glad you brought that up because I find like as a teacher that has been like this thing that I think you deal with those comments and it's the same as governing but Yes, we might not be like physically doing the work, but it is mentally exhausting having to yeah. make sure like the kids are ready for stuff. It, Yeah, I don't think that's spoken about enough and recognised enough. And I think if you are a person who is passionate about your job, I always was thinking to myself when I was in um, those situations, this is my kid's first year of school. I don't want to do anything to, I don't want to do anything to damper his view of school. I don't want him to be hating school because you do get those kids that, Mm. you know, I've come to older classrooms and they, I don't like school or I don't need school or, or whatever. And you do feel, if you're a person who's passionate about your job, you feel that pressure to, um, to really foster their love of education and in the schoolroom. So. Definitely. So how long did you stay out of that property for? Stayed there for round one and then round two, I there was this post on Facebook and it was like, look, I've got this job, very, very jack of all trades. I need someone to go out and camp cook for about a month and then I need you to come in and 
at the station and be a nanny to the kids and governess to the kids. And I was like, never cooked before, but I'm 24 or I think I was 24 and I've kept myself alive. I can do this. <laughs> so I um, stayed as far as Catherine's show and then got on a plane to the Gulf country, um, very tired from Catherine's show. I had to get on the mail plane to go out to the <laughs> station. And the mail plane, as everyone knows, is like this very little, <laughs> little plane. Um, and we, you know, had about 10 stops before we got to there. And I was like, we just getting further and further away from Cairns, which is the closest city. And I was like, oh, Lord, what have I, what have I got myself into? And then I stopped at, at this fairly large uh, station in the Gulf. And I was like, okay, this is this is what's happening. And I was there for, I got there on Friday afternoon, early Saturday morning. I was packed up in a troopie full of food and meat and sent out to camp with um, the crew for about a month. And I didn't even see the (laughs) Oh my gosh. I don't know if I could do that. Like that is such a huge risk in a way, like just to take that and give it a go. It absolutely was and I have thought in conversation with people of how many ways it could have gone wrong Mm. but I have never been so thankful for sort of not overthinking a situation, just being like, all right, let's go have a go. Yeah. Um, I got taken out to one of the old outstations which does have sort of a house and we were hooked up to generator power and I was just the cook. There was a lagoon nearby that, like, I was told, go down there to start the motor for water, but don't hang around there. There is crocodiles, <gasps> um, which is sort of like a continuing story um, <laughs> with this place. And I just spent a month, yeah, working with the crew, um, cooking and cleaning, and I got to go out, see how they must have. Um, there's a lot of wild cattle on this place, so mm-hmm. we got to see how they do that and um, picking up bulls, bull catching and stuff like that. And I really had, because, you know, I don't have co-workers and even as the cook on a station, you don't really have yeah. a co-worker such. But being in camp together and having no internet, you know, for a month, I really got to know everyone and bond. And so even when I went back to the station, actually met the kids and was with the kids doing the gardening and, and the kids all the time, I actually had those bonds with the, with the crew and I didn't feel that aloneness or remoteness from them. Um, yeah. I could ever totally understand what their job was because I hadn't done it, but they, they understood that was the same with me and it was a really awesome experience I mean I've never had to sort of like check for crocodiles before I and check the fences before letting kids out to play but it just becomes second nature in, in the end it was wow. it was really awesome. yeah. yeah so you obviously went into the schoolroom then what grades yeah. did you have so that was just a lot of like kindy and preschool okay. work I yeah actually went officially back into to that station the next year as the governess mm-hmm. and we did been e-kindy and then we have very eager little sister who used to come in and, and do a lot of the kindy stuff as well yeah um and that was and that was 
again, where I was like, you know, this is his first experience with the schoolroom. I really want it to be positive and, but also tailored to him. So we didn't really count, you know, count apples or oranges. We counted bulls and cows and yeah, <laughs> how, how many bulls did dad catch today and how many bulls did the head stockman catch and, you know, how, okay, well, if you've got to load them all on the truck, how many are you going to load on the truck and stuff like that. It was, yeah. Making it That's relevant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and did you guys go through Cairns distance head there? Yeah. So um, Cairns, it's, oh, technically it's Brisbane E-Kindy, but it is mm-hmm. Cairns. Oh, yeah. Um, distance education. Cairns is a little bit different to the situations I've seen in maybe like Mount Isa School there or KSA, Cairns is a lot of mums who teach their own kids. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of kids from Brisbane who use Cairns Distance Ed for di- various reasons why they yeah. don't go to regular school. We have a lot of like um, little gymnast kids or mm-hmm. the kids that perform in um, musicals on professional musical theatre kids. They can't do normal school. So Cairns is definitely not different to KSA in that it's um, not just bush kids and there's yeah. not a lot of gubbies. That's probably the, the downside to it. I don't think there is a ton of gubbies through the Cairns system. But yeah. I'm really glad that because I was only just thinking the other day I haven't really interviewed anyone and I don't know that much about Cairns Distance Ed. So that's really interesting that, yeah, that community is so different. Yeah, and I think we were seven hours from Cairns and mm. it's about five hours of dirt road wow. before it, um, before it's bitumen. So when we would go down for a school event, it would also be the dentist and the doctor and birthday shopping and everything sort of all rolled into one. So it was pretty yeah. hectic, but it was very much worth it. And I was very happy to have a boss that was really supportive of her kids getting that inter- social interaction and mm. at-school event for me as well, getting that interaction, you know, wanting to meet the teachers in person and everything like that because, you know, seven hours is a long way and it's a lot of money to go stay in Cairns for, for in-school. So yeah. yeah, that's fantastic. And was there obviously Cairns was your major centre? Were there smaller towns near that? like to get your groceries or? So we used to get groceries once a week on um, Tuxis, which is a freight truck that used mm-hmm. to come once a week. We could get some supplies on the mail plane, which was also once a week. The nearest town that has like, uh, sorry, there is an Indigenous community about 20 k's away called Kaunyama. Yeah. They have a little supermarket, which is always really well stocked and beautiful and they have a medical center mm-hmm. um and they also have a bitumen like all weather runway yeah so if something was major to happen we would always not be very far away from help as far as like a full town there's mariba which is only six hours you know mariba's not that far from Cairns, so it's you know not that close to us yeah, and then there's down south from us, there was like Normanton and Corumba. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was like four hours of dirt road. Okay, so yeah, pretty remote still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where did, uh, that, sorry. I, sorry, I just think that's 
that's a conversation I had with my one of my friends last night because she was I was like oh I just drove home I just got home from town and she's like oh how long does that take you and I was like oh well, I had to go get groceries and stuff it took me about three hours and she was like oh my god three hours that's so long like what happens if you forget something vital and I'm like then you don't have it I don't yeah. know like um you make I was do. like I was like, don't you remember when I used to live seven hours from town? Like, this is three hours of bitumen. This is, you know, this is easy. Yeah. And she's like, okay. (laughs) So did you go from, so where you are now, you're in a small town. Did you go from Mm -hmm. that property to where you are now? No. So I went, so I did governessing for another year on a family-owned station out of Mount Garnet. I wanted to try... I'd always been on company stations, so I sort of changed environments completely and went to a family-owned station with an older child. He was in grade four at the time. And I really, because I had done sort of transition and prep and year one ages, I wanted to just try older kids, I guess, and I absolutely loved it. You obviously, younger kids, you can kind of see their minds exploding with the fact that oh I can write my own name and and you know he's obviously past all of that but we mm. really got we really got a bond and the games that we could play and the conversations that I could have with him were just so much more advanced and the things that I could teach him were and it was it was really awesome he was my little buddy being on a family-owned station, there was only two staff and um, he was by himself because his older siblings were at boarding school. So he definitely hung out with me a lot. Um, I had a little cottage with had which had the schoolroom in it. Mm-hmm. So we would definitely, me and him would hang out a lot, which I don't think would suit everybody, but I, it was 2020, it was a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> we had fun. <laughs> So, yeah, that's all right. Yeah, no, I'm the same. Like I only have my one student and she'll pop over occasionally to my place and it she'll spend the afternoon with me and it doesn't bother me. Like I still, <laughs> and I can understand why people don't want that though. I think you are in the school room together for such a long time during the day and it can be exhausting. You want your own space. But I think sometimes if you have that relationship with those kids like it's not it's just a bit of fun like and I think that helps them as well to see you outside of the school room yeah I think being because you know by this time I'd sort of been doing this working with kids thing for a lot of years and I really was a lot more comfortable with the balance and the role that I was playing you know because especially with bush kids you are their governess and you're their educator, but you are also a lot of times their babysitter or nanny. Um, and you are also, you are, you know, a role model, sort of like a sibling-ish type situation mm. where you are, um, you're their peer group. <laughs> yeah. Just, just through isolation, you end up being part of their peer group. And I think a lot of people do get over that and or get intimidated by that yeah but me and him we got on good 
Yeah, that's the main thing. And obviously you have completely, not completely changed roles, but now you are in town in a school teacher aiding. Tell me a little bit about, I guess, why did you decide to um, not give up station life, I guess, but have that change? Yeah. And I think I've heard a lot of people in different podcasts about this life have said it. It's it's a love-hate relationship with station life because there's yeah. a lot of, you know, remoteness and there's a lot of it can become like a little bubble of the world, but then you also at the same time it's the best experience of your life and you love it and it's and it's hard to give up. I always tell people that I ended up uh, going bush because of Jane Austen. Um, I loved Jane Austen and in her books you either get married young and have babies, which is what all of the girls I went to school with were doing, yeah. or you go and be a governess. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I did. I went I was went and be, was a governess. And then I've ticked off another stereotype, I suppose, because while working in the golf country, I met a boy. And this, and we did distance and whatever while I was working at Mount Garnet and still being like, well, you know, you're not, we're not too far into this. I'm not going to make job decisions based on you. Yeah. But he's, he has a family property about 90 Ks from where I'm working, a small town of Cape York. Yeah. Um, so it kind of fit perfectly because, you know, I'm now a teacher's aide at this school and obviously that's – I feel like, you know, being a nav- nanny and governess previously, it's almost like I've been working up to <laughs> this this role and it's there's 13 kids in the school. It's really lovely. It's got its own, you know, interest, intricacies and challenges. But Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, even when I was governessing, my mum would often ask, well, she's like, oh, we're going to go back to uni, get it up a teacher. And I was always like, not really, no. Um, I think I get all the, all the amazing parts from being an educator without any of the, without any of the super structured, lots of paperwork. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, must, you must do it this way sort of regulations that never really wanted to make me, you know, sort of be a teacher with 20 kids yeah. in my class. I'm a teacher aide to a, you know, qualified teachers and they are amazing to learn from and their experience is absolutely invaluable. But it's also a small school of 13. So we still are in a multi-age classroom, the same as mm. governesses have. And we break them up into groups and you know everyone leads sort of different activity then we rotate and I've seen the way that because it is such a small school she's able to tailor it to their needs and to their interests and it's it's honestly the best of both worlds I'm really really happy and I feel really lucky that I've ended up here (laughs) yeah so can you tell me a bit about the structure so you said like I'm guessing it's a teaching principal being so small yeah. And then are you the only other staff member? So our yeah, so we have a teaching principal. She is the head teacher for like three days one week and two days the other week. We also yeah. have so we have a teaching principal. She is our teacher for like two days one week, three days another week. We then have another teacher who travels 
in between our school and another small school 60 k's away mm-hmm. so we basically share her yeah um and there's two teachers aides at a time that are in there with the teachers um most of the time depending on what um depending on what the teacher has planned we are either we've got activities for each year level um yeah. different um different levels and then we'll rotate we rotate the kids around to so they get that you know sort of like one to three or one to four interaction with us in their year level doing their activity and then we can kind of set them up all right move on set them up do that work and then we can set up the other the next kids or like the other day they're doing something with the Lorax mm-hmm. which is um the Dr. Seuss book and they're all doing the same activity at different levels so you know the preppies are only trying to draw a picture and you know write minimal words and then when you work your way up to year sixes who are writing sentences and explaining themselves basically they're all at their own level so it's yeah it's the way that the teachers have to juggle this multi-age classroom is actually pretty it's pretty inspiring it's pretty cool yes yeah no I can only imagine like 13 kids of all those year levels I think I take my hat off to (laughs) multi-year level teachers because it is it's a juggle especially when you do know the curriculum like trying to align that can be tricky yeah so we have a kid in each year level from prep six yeah Um, so it's yeah (laughs) another challenge in itself (laughs) Oh, look, it can be hectic and because um, I'm, in a, it's, uh, I'm in a small community and um, these kids are all Indigenous and they are all related, so it does get a little bit like, you know, these, these brothers and sisters or brothers or sisters, they're together all the time. time. They don't even get a break from each other at school because they're all in the same classroom, so you do get having to deal with that sort of thing and being such a small town, the kids will walk home together and then they'll play together and then, you know, if such and such had a fight with such and such, it then carries over into the next school day and you're like, I don't want to hear about this. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I know that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, it definitely sounds like you were meant to end up rural, remote. Yeah, I think my, I'm not sure that my parents fully believed me when I first said, oh, look, you know, my, my current boss is in Melbourne, they don't need a full-time nanny anymore. So I'm going to, I don't think I'm going to look for another nanny job. I'm, I'm going to go to a governess. And I had governess job offers from down south in New South Wales. And my mum would sort of like tag me in jobs that were only sort of four hours from home and and I remember talking to my friend about it and I said, look, I think it's a bit of like go big or go home. And yep. I didn't want to go. I, I didn't want to go back to my hometown. So I went big and went to the territory. <laughs> um, <laughs> and my talking to my dad, he definitely knew. He, he says now that he knew from talking to me on the phone that I was never going to come back. Yeah. My mum, I think, still had hope before I met the boy I think she had hope (laughs) that I was maybe I was you know I could work on a station that was 
um, less than a day's drive from home sort of a thing. But yeah, no, it's it's not happening now. I'm I'm I've looked it up on the maps, and I'm about three thousand kilometers from my uh, hometown, and that's, that's okay. Pretty crazy, <laughs> yeah. No, as long as you're enjoying it, I say. <laughs> yeah, I actually, I honestly. I've thought about this and things like podcasts because there is different, you know, outback podcasts, outback mm. podcasts and things. And I was talking to it. I have a friend who we're actually originally from the same hometown and we have ended up governessing in um, the territory together. And then now we're, she's about two stations over um, from me in the Gulf or Cape, whatever you want to call it, um, in front of Queensland. And we're sort of like, I wish more girls especially from down south knew about this option um yeah. and knew about it as an actual career and maybe even a gap year it's nothing yeah you know plenty of people do the gap year i really wish that more people it's just it just wasn't a thing it wasn't something that anybody ever talked to me about being an option they sort of as i was a nanny they talk about going overseas and being an au pair and mm. and stuff like that which would be awesome but I really wish there was more promotion of governessing and yeah. if anyone if any young girls from my hometown ask me about it or whatever I'm always like here is all the information go do it like it's yeah. amazing give it a go and I think yeah, yeah governesses nannies in rural and remote areas they're needed like mm. I know the ICPA pushes for it so much and I think their work is invaluable but yeah I think it yeah. needs to be out there more and yeah to be seen as a career like it even like you said it's okay even if it's just a gap here like you yeah. may never get that experience again in your life no and I I also stress to people because like I come from a horsey family. I can, you know, sit on a horse and, and I've mustered and everything, but I'm by no means a horse girl at yeah. all. I am, you know, and I think that one thing I would say is that, you know, you can go be a governess and go be a nanny and you get to be around that lifestyle. It's not McLeod's daughters. It's nowhere near McLeod's daughters, yeah. just saying. <laughs> but um, I would actually say that in job interviews, that's how I got my job in, in the territory. I said, look, I'm 25. I'm, oh, I was 24 or something. I know it's not McLeod's daughters. I would yeah. just like to go. I'm I'm realistic about what this is going to be. Um, and then you will surprise yourself. 1,000% you will surprise yourself with what you're able to do. I now can break down a killer and make sausages and rolled roasts and, you know, just random things that are not really in my job description yeah. but I was so willing if you're just willing to jump in and have a go so, you just learn so much so yeah I completely yeah. agree well thank you so much for spending your Sunday jumping on to chat to me it's, I'm I'm really glad we had a chat because I think you've definitely like it's not all like you said McLeod's daughters like you've kept it real that mm-hmm. there are but it is going to be rough at times and I think that's part of the adventure too. Yeah, and I think you are in a situation where um, you end up with people that you would probably never be living and working with otherwise. Um, I obviously had lived with housemates in Melbourne, so I was used to sort of the share house, being around each other. 
thing, but it doesn't, you know, you are living with kids, living with people who have just so much different experience with you. And if you are open and willing and sometimes agree to disagree on things. Yes. <laughs> really amazing. Um, I'm taking up too much of your time, but one thing I did want to say is that when I was a governess in Mount Garnet and then um, a nanny last year, I was through the in-home care system. Mm-hmm. And I had been offered right from the start when I put up my ad to be a governess, I got offered jobs through in-home care and I was really intimidated and really like, oh, this just sounds like too much work. It's too complicated and whatever um, until I actually did it. And yeah. supportive like in-home care agencies. Yeah. Um, around, I, I think I was, yeah. And I really regret I think that it's a lot of girls that you'd miss out on an amazing experience with an amazing family if you let the the paperwork just overwhelm you and think no it's too much I, I can't do an in-home care job yeah um I, the one thing I did really want to say is please give it a go if um it might not be for you but I you will find that the mums and the agencies are so willing to help you they're so open about it they really can break it down bite size and it's not that much in the end it's not that much (laughs) no thank you for mentioning that because like I personally have never been through in-home care and just from talking people like yes there is a lot of paperwork behind it but it's really good to hear that yeah you've had that support there and it shouldn't limit you from going after a job just because it's through in-home care yeah and through in-home care that is the only way that some of these families can afford to have a governess or a nanny mostly for nannies within their station and they do a lot and if they are you know if they get one that is willing to do all the in-home care stuff they honestly are so grateful and they really do put in the work for your experience to be amazing as well um yeah i there's just a lot of girls that I see on their ads all the time. They're like, no in-home care, no in-home care. And I'm like, I promise you it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank (laughs) you. I think that's really valuable advice. I hope you enjoy the rest of your year at school. I'm sure there will definitely be exciting adventures and some crazy times. But it sounds like, yeah, you found where you're meant to be. Yeah. No, I think that this is, it's, yeah. I definitely not sure how I ended up here, but I'm very happy that I've ended up here. I think I've um, found an amazing balance of, you know, being near my partner, but still getting to do what I love and not being in a traditional schoolroom, but learning so much. And I'm, yeah, very grateful. And I hope someone can take something away from from hearing about it anyway. (laughs) No, I'm sure they will. Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> thank you thank you for listening to the laughter dirt in education podcast i can't wait to bring you a new story from rural and remote educators each week make sure you are subscribed to your favorite podcast platform and follow us on instagram to keep up to date until next week thank you <laughs>